Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 154 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. And today is an extra special day. We are joined by library director Mary Jean Jacobowski, who is retiring from the library after 29 years of service. Mary Jean, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I didn't know someone could work 29 consecutive years. I'm kind of saddened <laughs> by that. Well, um, yeah, it's probably actually a little bit more than that, so I don't want to burst, you know, the 29-year bubble. Oh. So. Oh, yeah, that's 29 in one place. Yeah, that's 29 in one place, and I had a career before coming to the library. Oh, I, don't, is... I don't believe you. That's that's impossible with that kind of... <laughs> oh, the charmer. That's, that's a lot. I mean, I like my job, but I also like when I'm not at my job. That's a good time, too, so... So the great thing about the library, and I know, Michelle, you know about this, you have the ability to move around. So yeah. I had a lot of different positions, you know, in the library system throughout those 29 years. So I can honestly say I was never bored. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good thing. Um, how old were you when you first started working? When I first started working? Like working? in general, yeah, your first in job general, ever. My first job, I was 13 years old. Wow. What yeah. did you do? So I worked, um, this is an ironic question, having met with the people who ran the camp yesterday. I actually uh, worked at a camp in northern Canada in a little town called River Valley. Um, and I worked helping them to build the cabins of the camp. Are you part Canadian, or were you on a visa at thirteen? I early work visa. It was sh it was neither, because <laughs> because I was very underage. So I was a camper. I'm right. doing my air quotes here. Um, but we know the uh, the folks who ran it was the minister and the wife of the church that I attended as a kid, and um, they had bought in this beautiful, beautiful property, uh, and they still own it up in uh, River Valley, and uh, they were developing a children's camp, and they ran the camp for, uh, they said, 15 years. Uh, they still own the property. It's not the camp wow. anymore, but it was... It was absolutely a blast. We had a blast. I did it for about four years, um, and then I kind of got a real job. <laughs> <laughs> which but is, which is sad. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to camp. I know yeah. a lot of people who were camp counselors and definitely loved it. Yeah, so I helped build the cabins, and then I worked as a camp counselor, and then I worked as the cook, if you can imagine, cooking <laughs> for 30 campers and a wood-burning stove and a little tiny hut with... <laughs> you know, certainly no air conditioning and lots of black flies, as Canada oh. tends to have. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it was, it was, uh, it was the quite young. the experience. It was for the young. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. So how would your 10, 13-year-old self react to what you do now? Well, first of all, my 13-year-old self would have been, you're a what? And you did what? <laughs> Um, in a million years, I think at 13, I was, you know, certainly not thinking of being in a library, um, you know, as, as a, for a career. Uh, I think certainly my 13-year-old self will say, would say, wow, you're old uh, <laughs> at this point. Um, but, you know, most definitely um, looking back, I think my 13-year-old self would also say, wow, look what you did. That's really cool, you it, know. It turned out pretty well. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly am proud of everything, you know, that I've accomplished, but I'm even more proud of what this library system has accomplished, you know, throughout the years that I've been here. And I always give credit where credit is due. It's truly the staff, the administration, and the board of trustees who really supported and allowed me to do what I needed to do to keep us moving forward. I mean, that's a great message, I think, for all library administrators and libraries all over. Like, it's a definitely a team effort. It's it's absolutely a team effort. And I know people have always laughed at my little spirograph pictures of, you know, we're a team and we everybody, you know, crosses over into the other areas. But to me, that's just how I operate. You know, I'm, I'm really um, very team-based. And sure, there's times where I've had to make some not so great decisions, but you know, truthfully, I, I think that happens everywhere. You know, that's that's the position mm -hmm. that that you're in when you're you know at the helm. But it really does take a village to keep an institution of this size and of this complexity moving forward. So, credit where credit is due. But it takes someone of special character to constantly be on the news and meeting with county executives. And there are many aspects of your job that I was like. Wow, that's a lot. You have to be on all the time. That's very exhausting. It, it can be exhausting, yeah. and, and um, I'm retiring. <laughs> it comes full circle. Um, do you remember what the first thing you wanted to be when you were growing up? Absolutely. Um, I always wanted to be, believe it or not, a physical education teacher. Oh. That was really my goal. My mother was a teacher, and um, I actually started college um, for that purpose, is to be a physical education teacher and an athletic trainer. Um, unfortunately, the first year that I was in college, my mother was laid off as a teacher. Um, oh. So that sort of started my, my <laughs> sense of pivoting. <laughs> Pivot. You know, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, this is not going to work. Um, and so I just moved on to you know, tried to figure out something else that I might have an interest in. And, and that's when I started um, over at Erie Community College. I went to the Occupational Therapy Assistant Program. Um, and um, that's the career I had for, you know, just about 10 years before becoming a librarian. Wow. Those seem different. You know, I always, people say that to me, they seem different. But there's always this component of helping people. And that's really, I think, where... You know, I grew up in a family that always was there to help people, mm -hmm. um, whether it be, you know, in your career or in your personal life. And um, so I was always, you know, seeking something that would allow me to continue to do that. Okay. What an interesting career trajectory we have so far. It's going starting it being like a northern Canadian camp building lumberjack to a phys ed teacher to now librarian. That's an interesting trek you don't usually see coming. I mean, to director. We've taken director, many, well, yeah. many steps up. So a very important question, though, is how old were you when you had your first celebrity crush and who was it? Oh, my goodness. I was probably eight years old, and it was Bobby Sherman. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Sherman. Sherman. Bobby Sherman, yes. Um, my, my two best friends growing up in the neighborhood, one was in love with Donny Osmond, one was in love with David Cassidy, and then there was Bobby Sherman, and I was head over heels. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, and that, that, that name brings me like right back, man. I know Bobby Sherman. I know Bobby Sherman well. I learned from him from The Simpsons and stuff. 
I, I mean, I don't think that counts. I think that's post Bobby Sherman. Time yeah, no, go. it was it was more the singer Bobby Sherman that I was <laughs> well, like, you know, the heartthrob. <laughs> so when you started, let's say like your your current position, what surprised you the most about it? First of all, getting the position or being asked <laughs> to take the position because I, you know, I never applied for this position. Yeah. You know, in in 2011 when they were looking for a director. Um, certainly being asked to take it, I was very flattered by that. And I think um, the board and the search committee, uh, which was uh, a search firm, you know, I think they kind of garnered my personality <laughs> and said, oh, well, we know who's going to take it. Um, and we were in the middle of, you know, a lot of different projects were going on. The Reimagine project was going on. And, um, you know, so, you know, I think what surprised me the most for the position itself was really how involved and how connected you had to become to sort of the hand that feeds you, you know, the elected officials and really talking up and educating uh, not just the elected officials, but our community of all of the services that the libraries provide. I think that that was something that was missing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, there was just this purview, you know, you came in and you got books and you left. And, you know, certainly that's not what the library was then. It's most definitely not what the libraries are today. And so just knowing that we had to focus on really educating all of the nuances of the library, the services, but also what it takes to run a library. Most people don't realize the enormity of the backroom services, so sure. to speak. You know, the collection development, the network support system, you know, the communications, the development, all of those things um, play an integral role in, in library services. One affects the other. Hence that lovely spirograph. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, those are things that, that were, became sort of like revelations as moving, you know, more and more into the director position. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a lot. Jacob, I feel an important question yeah. bubbling. I am known for the hard-hitting questions on the show, so be, be ready. I'll try not to freak you out Don't too much. Don't scare me. <laughs> so when you wake up in the morning, are you a snooze button kind of person, or are you a wake up immediately and hit the ground running kind oh, of Oh, wow. Oh, that's a really great question. No, <laughs> um, I would tell you Monday through Friday, I'm a, I'm a hit the ground running kind of gal. On the weekends, there are no alarms, and... Um, <laughs> You know, as I get older, I seem to find myself getting up earlier and earlier, but I admittedly was a sleep-in on the weekend kind of gal. I hate the just wake up early automatically. That's happening to me, and I'm very I'm very discouraged by it. I I'm telling you, it's something about your internal clock as you get older. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that, Michelle. This is, this is garbage. I, I, I know I have to work more than 29 years. I know I'm going <laughs> to keep getting up early. This is a very difficult interview for You're going to learn soon what 5.30 in the morning looks like every single day i have i have no interest andrew tried to get me up very early this morning because there was a eclipse a some sort of eclipse lunar eclipse lunar partial. i think there was a lunar eclipse and they said the sunrise was going to be stunning this morning oh well um guess what i i, I mean i was up but i you know the, the shades were still drawn uh, that was i just it. laughed out of my nose trying to think about andrew waking michelle up that early to see the sunrise. i was like i don't i don't even know you um so this is this is a difficult question and, and maybe you kind of answered it in in your last answer of all the things that you've done and the library has done, but do you have a career highlight that you're most proud of? Wow, I, you know there are there are really 
a multitude um, of highlights. And some of them go back, you know, when we were doing um, something called Centralized Human Resource, Human Resources, and that was actually bringing all of the, uh, the staff throughout the library system. We used to have 23 payroll systems and, wow. you know, 23 people working solely on payroll. And so we, we worked over a course of years to bring all of that together. And that's just a really proud, fa- you know, factor that we were able to do that. Um, I, you know, I think the, the other proud moment, and it's really a recent one, and, and that is how the library responded to COVID. I mean, I, I cannot say enough um, of how proud I am, how quickly everyone within this system just pivoted to those, you know, virtual um, services and started taking phone calls at home when they couldn't come into the building and, you know, even having you know, 16,000 items backed up, you know, for processing, you know, and getting through that in the course of three weeks just to really, when we were reopening, push through and get things done. All of these things are just, you know, I get goosebumps over them. They're just exciting for me to, you know, to really, to really talk about. And, you know, the fact that this library system also one of my goals was to really break down these silos and, and no longer have, um, individual libraries are critical to our services, to the communities, but libraries working together to solidify all of the services that we do and support each other is probably the proudest moment that I have, is to really be able to say that. You know, I can say in during 2020, um, I was doing an online library course with a, with a bunch of people from all over the country, mm-hmm. and when we opened in July, nobody was was anywhere near that. So I'd be like, we're open. I mean, there's libraries just opening now. Oh, absolutely. And they would really ask. People were really stressed out. Um, They were very uncomfortable with what their library was doing. And I was like, I can say like 100%, it feels good here. Like, I don't feel nervous. Mm -hmm. They took a lot of steps. It feels good. And I I was really proud of that, that I was like, I'm not scared to return to work. It feels okay. Well, that's great to hear. And I can tell you that, you know, even the New York State Division of Education, um, has said to us that they are, um, they've looked towards our system for libraries across New York State to to share how we have been able to open, you know, so quickly. And and you know, communication was key. And I and I will say this with love in my heart. One of the one of the things that was most flattering to me is I had one of our <clears throat> library directors in our member libraries, contract libraries, you know, said to me, oh my gosh, you've got to stop sending emails. I am so overwhelmed with this communication. And I just (laughs) said, that's the best compliment I could ever have because things were changing so rapidly. And, you know, my, my belief was truly that people needed to know what was happening and why it was happening. Um, but it is it is pretty impressive when the Division of Education calls you and says, we need you to, to share with other libraries what you did and the, and the progress that you and the process that you used to get your libraries back open. We were one of the first libraries to open in New York State. Oh, 100 percent. Mm-hmm. I feel like countrywide. I like did not see any libraries open, mm-hmm. so 
yeah, that was really great. Yeah, I, I and again, I give credit where credit is due. You know, the staff all jumped on board. And were there concerns? Of course there were, and rightfully so. I mean, I mm-hmm. would never <laughs> think, you know, and, and it's really just a matter of it's it's developing that comfort from within. You know, you know, we care, I care about what people are feeling. I, you know, what else can we do to help you feel more comfortable? And there were some really great ideas that came, you know, came out of those conversations. And, uh, you know, I hope one of the legacies that I have is that I was always approachable. My door was always open. My phone line was always on. Um, Put a note on my chair if you can't find me, you know, those type of things, because it was always important to me and it will always be important to me to listen and and hear and and heed what people are saying and what needs to happen. But maybe it will be nice for a while to not have anybody ask you anything. Oh, it'll be great. What are you going to do about my kids, though? <laughs> yeah. My husband in that respect. Oh, yeah. Kidding, kidding. They're great. Yeah. They're great. If you could do anything besides what you do, this job vanished and never existed, what would you want to do? I would have been a meteorologist. Wow, really? That's a, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Quick, quickly, right off the top of my head. I love, 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 love weather, and I just find it fascinating. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. I feel like they have a hard life because they're like, I don't know, like, it looked like rain, but the wind blows. We cannot control where the wind blows. It so decides there's itself. lots of forms of meteorology, <laughs> though. I mean, I would say I'm not sure I'd want to be, you know, the person who's the face of meteorology on the on the um, on the television. But you know, there's earthquake centers yeah. and there's you know volcanic studies. I could and see you chasing a twister. I think that would be now. <laughs> I have to be, you know, to be honest with you, 40 years younger, mind you, to do this. But you know, I think that would be really cool to do that yeah I like it I mean it's definitely very interesting Mm -hmm. I think going back I would like to do something more involved with earth nature in some way yeah you know I had um I had in high school and this goes back way too many years but I I, in high school I had a the the best earth science teacher and I think that's where that always kind of nags at me that says why didn't you do that but you know again I have no regrets sure in in uh becoming a librarian, which was happenstance in itself. And, um, you know, my career here has just been a wonderful, wonderful life experience. We all just need multiple lives to do all of these things. You know, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that's yeah, the key. clone ourselves or something. I like see cloning yourselves. Now that, I like where this is going. It's a conversation <laughs> that I like to have. That, that's kind of up your alley, yeah, Jacob, exactly. I got to say. So, okay, if you had a warning label, what would yours say? Ooh, a warning label. <laughs> no, warning real loud. See, I'm getting a little introspective out of um, this. <laughs> if I had a warning label, um, keep away during budget season. <laughs> okay, that's a fair one. That, that seems, totally makes sense. That seems appropriate. Um, in your life, do you have a prized possession? A uh, prized possession. I, I probably have a couple of them. Um, one, I came into possession very recently. Um, uh, my most prized possession is um, my grandfather's um, bowler hat. Oh. I never knew my grandfather, but he was uh, he worked uh, as 
he worked at uh, Adam Alderman Anderson M and A's, um, and so that what M and A stands for? Adam Alderman oh, Anderson. Just, yes, look just, at that. You just totally look taught me that. something. I lived my whole life, never knew. There you go. <laughs> um, but he sold men's clothing, and um, he has this, this beautiful bowler hat. And I never knew my grandpa, so I always was um, that's a prized possession. I also have my mother's engagement ring. And that's something I cherish. But I also just recently came into possession with um, my grandparents, uh, some of the things that my grandparents brought over with them when they um, emigrated from Austria. And um, I just, it's a vase and a a Christmas uh, ornament and things of this nature. These just, I just came into possession with them from a cousin um, who had uh, had them. And I also have their their papers from when they came across, um, you know, when they came over by steamboat uh, at the turn of the century. So all of those things are, are fascinating to me. Jeez, I, I love those things. I know. Here I am thinking that my potato that looks like uh, Channing Tatum was impressive. But I no, can't I, stand you. you, just, I, you just, I would yeah. love to see that, Jacob. <laughs> I, you know? It's a spitting image, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite um, way to spend a day off? You're going to have some of those coming up. Well, I love to travel. I mean, that's probably something that I look, the most forward to. Yeah. Um, both my kids are well. One is moving back down. My one is moving back down to Florida very shortly, so I know I'll be visiting her. And my other is living in Europe, so I will be visiting oh, yeah. her. Um, and my husband um, is a fisherman, and so I'm hoping to you know join him on some fishing trips. My idea of fishing, however, is throwing the line in the water and reading a great book. 100%. Um, so, um, and, you know, I have um, a house full of things that need to get sorted and organized. You know, librarians tend to organize at work, but certainly not at home. So <laughs> I, I, that's kind of my goal. I believe that. I had a yard sale last weekend and we sold 150 books and there wow. were so many left. Wow. I was like, this has got to stop. I work in a place where the books are free I, and I still have too many at home. Well, I mean, I, what are you going to do? The librarians' books is your guy's life, so I'm not surprised that that's organizing in books. That's what you guys do. So speaking of which, what is the last book that you read, good or bad? Well, the last the book that I'm actually reading right now, and I listen to books. I'm an um, an auditory person, so I like to listen to books. I'm reading um, The Lilac Girls. Okay, um, which that was popular. Is, it's very popular, um, and it uh, I, I like historical fiction, particularly um, women's roles during World War II. Um, because I think there's a tremendous amount of unsung heroes during sure. that time period. So um, I enjoy, you know, that. Um, All all the Light We Cannot See is another favorite book of mine. That was beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, so my I, I expect to continue to download books through Libby, and, of course, I will be haunting the libraries coming in to borrow materials as well. You know, I think this is the best Libby tip for, for overdrive that I ever got. Do you create a wish list? I do. That's and the I, best. So then you always I can see what's it. available. Yeah, exactly. And you can put things on there that aren't available and then you can kind of watch for them. I mean I American Dirt is one of the ones that yeah. I one of the books that I really want to read and I know that that was um, you know extremely popular this past year. Um, Where the Crawdads Sing is another book that, you know, I listened to. And let me tell you, if you read that book. I think I listened to it also. I would listen to it yeah. because I literally 
literally <laughs> stopped dead in my car, went, oh, didn't yeah. see that coming. <laughs> But I'm not going to give any more hints on that because it's fascinating. I'm a big audiobook person, too. And it's really funny that if I loved a book that I recommend, sometimes I'm like, but I, I listened to it. So I can't say for certain that you'll yeah. get the same effect reading it because sometimes the narration and the way that it's done. I totally agree. I mean, I think that you have to be an imaginative person because you have to, vis you know, you visualize things mm -hmm. differently when you listen to things. Um, but I think that's, you know, equally exciting, exciting. I would say that there are some books, and don't ask me to name one right now, but there are some books that I remember saying, hmm, this probably isn't the one I should be listening to because I want to keep flipping back and trying to figure out, like, who belongs to who and what goes where and, yes. you know, all these things. So I've done a couple like that and then seen the book, and I was like, there was a family tree in the beginning? <laughs> Like, with all these Russian names, this was torture. So I understand that. Okay, so you're home, you're reading. Mm -hmm. Would you rather cook or would you rather order in? Well, now that I will have time, okay. um, I would definitely say I would like to cook. Okay. Yeah, I, I, used to, I love to cook, but I never feel that I have time to cook. And this is a question that I truly hate when people ask. But here I am doing it. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, I would, I would love to be healthy and say salad. But I'm going to tell you probably pizza. Wow, pizza. Yeah. Anything on it? Um, well, I love a good white pizza. Okay. Um, and um, I, there's a favorite pizza from a little place over here in the mall that they have uh, ricotta cheese and spinach, and oh, yeah. I just I, I know love that, that. I know that pizza well, and yeah. it is delightful. Oh, is it that, is. Is that Gino and Joe's pizza? Yeah. Okay. It is, They're and they great. make one pie a day, and you got to get there early wow. to get that slice. That's a hot tip, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the uh, most unusual thing you've ever eaten then, besides pizza, of course? Grasshoppers. Oh, okay. With the chocolate covered or just like regular? Just regular. They're not too bad, right? They kind of taste like burnt french fries, I thought. They're not bad. It's the crunch that kind of got right. me. Right. <laughs> Little legs stuck yeah. in your teeth. Mm. <laughs> Make sure to bring floss. That's yeah. <laughs> the other thing I would tell you is um, I, I ate moose meat. Okay. And and moose burger. Is, How was it? It's delicious. Delicious. It's, delici it's almost like a sweet hamburger. I mean, they're they're very very lean, right? It's so much protein Ex in a moose extremely burger. Extremely lean. Extremely lean. And you know, I think now <clears throat> when I had that was when I was in that camp. You know, when I was thirteen years old. But um, you know, nowadays exotic meats are much more prevalent. You know, you can get alligator and you can get moose and yeah you get bi i mean bison burgers are extremely popular i'm so. fascinated by this canadian sojourn now you're eating moose burgers with like, <laughs> with like a beaver on the side you she lives in the woods it's i'm telling feral. you I, people don't know i love to, i i love to camp i really it's it's not something i've done a lot of sort of in in my you know recent adult years but it's something that i always always enjoyed but do you love to camp like i'm always like i love to camp i plan a camping trip every year and then always while i'm in the process of camping i'm like i'm always fascinated why i do this <laughs> i am uncomfortable and i'm smelly and it's difficult and there's bugs and it's hot and then as soon as i'm home i'm like i can't wait to go <laughs> camping <laughs> i know there is something to be said you know there is something to be said about that and when I say I like camping, I mean, you know, I, I like, um, you know, not necessarily a tent. You know, I like, sure. I like a camper. Sure. Um, you know, and but I love to sit outside around a fire and, you know, s'mores are one of my favorites. And, um, you know, I, I like to hike. 
I think that that's, you know, always fun. So um, maybe a cabin in the woods is a better way to say to camp. Yeah, like a beautiful I, high I, ceiling. I would agree with that. Somewhere with a door. If it's got a Something door in a room. Door. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, so let's say you're, you're in this cabin, but it's on a deserted island. So it's okay. just you. What three items would you take with you? Oh, my goodness. I know, they're um, so hard. You're not allowed to say a boat in a radio, by the way. Oh, I can't say a boat in a radio. Um, well, I would say, you know, my telephone so I could stay in contact with my family. Uh, she found a loophole. I did. Good one. So sorry. Um, I would take a lantern because oh, um, I think it's important to be able to see in the dark. Um, and a third one, I would probably take... Oh, well, now I have two more. Um, I, I would take a blow-up mattress and a blanket. <laughs> yeah, the blanket probably even more so. Probably the blanket more so, yeah. People think it's going to be warm on deserted islands. It's like not when that sun goes down. Not when friend. that sun goes down, right. No. All right, so speak, you said you ring your phone, so which app on your phone do you think you use the most? Oh, um, which app do I use the most? Well, I'm going to say Libby for the obvious reason. <laughs> Make, makes sense. <laughs> plug. <laughs> plug, plug, right. Something available um, at www.buffalolib.org. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the best. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I, I like um, the news. I, I tend to, to look at news apps. Um, and, and I probably would tell you like Skyscanner. <laughs> Because I like to travel. What okay. is Skyscanner? I do so not know. So Skyscanner scanner is really cool. Um, you can put in, um, you know, if you wanted to go, we'll just say to Florida because, you know, obviously I like to go to Florida. But um, so you say Buffalo to Florida and you find um, it It will scan all of the airlines and then it will send you alerts if, fear, if fares go down. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I like that. Why don't I have that? Yeah, I'll have to talk to you about one. that yeah, it's, You know, my kids have wanderlust, so they find all these great things. And well, I think they found a pretty good one there. They did. I, it's I, a cool one. Sounds like an app going on my phone soon. Yeah. Okay, so let's think of one here. Okay, what celebrity would you most like to meet at a coffee shop for with a and share a cup of coffee with? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, just to have him just be like, you just talk, Morgan, and I'm just going to cozy up. You know, I think Morgan Freeman, interesting individuals, and I just adore his movies. I've watched so many of them, and they run the gamut, right, from comedy to, you know, to science fiction to, you know, I'm going to call them scary movies because he said some pretty scary ones. But um, he's just somebody I've always found fascinating, and I'd love to hear more about his life and his life experience. I would ask him. You could ask him, like, how have you managed to look 65 years old for the past 40 years? It's incredible that he's kept that same and still he been He really kind of has looked Well, as I hedge towards 65, <laughs> I think you're that's not, a, You're I not even 60 I yet. Don't, I, don't close. Don't I don't believe it. Close. But I would say to you, that's a really good question to ask him. <laughs> I mean, come on. Dolly Parton's in her 60s. Who would know? That's true. I know. I know. Just a number. And that's why they're celebrities, and that's why we are not, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Okay. So what would you sing at a karaoke night? Hmm. What would I sing at a karaoke night? Wow. Um, 
Do you sing at karaoke night? I do not. <laughs> so now, now you're being forced to. Now I'm being forced to. Well, I'd probably sing something like Baby Shark or something. I don't know. Oh, um, see, no. that, that's a great way to punish people who make you do karaoke that's and you don't correct. want to. You're like, this is what you're that's, getting. That's like giving you know toys with that are battery-operated and giving parents <laughs> the batteries to operate them. Um, so, uh, you know, I... I Really don't know. You know, Baby Shark um, would probably, that's the only thing that comes to my mind. Are you into music now? You know, I listen to the radio. Um, I don't know that I would say that I'm into music. I, yeah. I like to go to concerts, but that's a whole different purview. Um, I would probably say to you that I would also probably find a Bruno Mar- Mars song oh, that I okay. would sing as well. Okay. Best concert ever. Everybody loves Bruno. You did get the Super Bowl halftime show, and you're not, you can't, you gotta do that unless you're too old or you're awesome. So we'll go with Bruno Mars on the awesome he's side the of that. Awesome side. He's like the new little mini James Brown. He is. He's got pipes he on is. him. He's got pipes. And I'll tell you, his, when he comes to concert, I would recommend him. He puts on a show. Okay, I would believe that. Um, what is the first thing that you would do if you won the lottery? Besides giving me and Michelle half of the money. Oh, of course, course absolutely. Um, the first thing that I would do would, because I'm practical, I'd probably meet with a financial advisor. Smart, smart. That's how you become the CEO yeah, you of, of you, a business, right there. That's you, you do not want to end up on TLC on that show. Like we, this Curse person the won the lottery. And then oh, broke. oh, I, you know what? I, it's one of my secret passions. So I watch that. I've, I've, with, I've watched those ones too. With David Bromstead, I'm just amazed. You just end yeah. up with your head in your hands at the end. You're like, you got to be kidding me, bro. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, here's another hard one that you're like, why are you asking me this? But if you only had one sense, hearing, touch, sight, all of them, which one would you want? What's the one you couldn't do without? Sight. Sight. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. That's the one that just seems like the worst time if you lose. <laughs> like yeah. just, just walking around arms well, also up. just like sometimes you just walk around like earth's really beautiful plus well, you so can't much, read without your eyes that's that, kind of that is true i you know so much of so much of our world is a visual yeah. you know thing and so i think sight is just something that i've treasured even though i don't have the best eyesight in the world um but i've always tried to stay eye healthy we'll say Eating those, eating those carrots. Eating those carrots. <laughs> Do you live by any piece of advice or motto? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think, you know, I'm a true believer in be kind. Um, be kind and be generous. I, I think that the world needs much more of that, and, and I've always tried um, to be kind as, as much as I can, and I've always been considered a generous person. I would agree with that. Hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, truly, no complaints. Thank I mean, you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, we're in the home stretch. Okay. Home stretch of questions. I've only messed up the recording like two times. It's way better than the last time we interviewed you yeah, when well, we lost the our, whole thing. The infamous missing 45-minute Mary Jean interview. <laughs> oh, as you no. can see, as I reach and just save repeatedly throughout, <laughs> we we Love really, that. that really changed our whole recording style. Yeah, after we, that we learned a lot of lessons that day on, um, <laughs> on, on uh, Control S. So <laughs> what is your favorite way to spend time with your family? So my favorite way to spend time with my family um, is a couple different things. But, you know, my family, um, 
my immediate family is really traveling and, and seeing, you know, parts of the world that we have not seen or parts of the United States that we haven't seen. Um, that's just something that we've done since our kids were babies. Um, and the other thing is just really, um, you know, sitting around and, and talking. We, we tend to sit around and, and talk or play games or do puzzles. And um, I just enjoy spending time with them. That's great. Okay. Well, what's uh, what's something that your family would be surprised to learn about you then? My family would be surprised to learn about. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, You know, I'm a pretty open book. I don't know that there's really anything um, that would surprise would surprise my family. I think I could tell you what surprised my family, okay. um, and that was getting a tattoo. Sure, um, they didn't see that coming, huh? So my one daughter asked me to get a tattoo. So I think that she kind of knew that there was something within me that would say, yeah, I'll do that, why not? Um, but my other daughter and my husband, absolutely no way. They were just like, well, you did what? And I'm like, yeah, there it is. Also, <laughs> foot tattoos, I mean, those hurt. Everybody knows that. So it Thin skin there. It didn't. It didn't. The only time it hurt me was when I have a highlight of white in the center, and they had to grind the white color. Sure. That hurt. Okay. But otherwise, it wasn't too, too bad. Do you see future tattoos in your life? Um, probably not. Okay. Um, I want to stay married for the, you know, <laughs> no, for the rest of Big B and E C P L shoulder piece. No, yeah. I'm going to say I'm so sorry. <laughs> full sleeve going on there with everybody's face. Um, you're more edgy than me, Mary Jean, because I do not have any tattoos. I'm the only one in this room that doesn't apparently. I have to tell you, I think tattoos are art. I find sleeves, um, extremely attractive. Uh, my older daughter has, uh, Five. She may actually have six. She might have gotten another one without telling her mother. But, um, you know, I, I just think they're just it's it's a form of art that is um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Your body is your temple. So yeah, decorate accordingly. Sure. Absolutely. Um, what personality traits do you share with any of your relatives? Um, personality traits, um, you know, kindness, um, I would say um, perfectionism. That's something um that is a trait that sort of flutters through, um, you know, my my family. Um, personality traits. I I happy, <laughs> um, happy go lucky. Um, well, you're certainly I, not boastful, so we'll say that. I, we'll give you that <laughs> much um, none of my family, uh, truthfully, is boastful at all. Um, uh, you know, being humble is something that I think um, is an important trait for anyone. Oh, um, see, now that just made me think of a question then that'll be extra difficult. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, how would your friends describe you? My friends would describe me as um, a thinker. They would describe me as fun. Um, and I think they would describe me as, as happy. Okay, mm-hmm. you did it. I didn't. I didn't get her caught up there. <laughs> um, what is the scariest thing that you've ever done, and why did you do it? The scariest thing I've ever done. Hmm. It's hard to think of things on the spot. I mean, there was that time that she got into that fight with the pack of wolverines while they were building that. <laughs> camp, well, everybody, so. everybody knows that. The Canada life is the under Canada locking key. life. <laughs> I was under locking key. I. I Probably would say um, took a helicopter ride and landed on a volcano. Wow. Yeah, that'll 
Helicopters scare me so much. So I will tell you, I wasn't sure I would like a helicopter ride. I would highly recommend one. I was just fascinated um, with it, and I just enjoyed it significantly um, until they landed on the volcano, which made me very nervous because you could feel the heat from yeah. the and lava. They, I mean, they smelled too. Usually, oh, like the that, sulfur that smell sulfur is terrible, and they couldn't. We couldn't stay very long. Oh darn! Um, but it was that was um, unnerving. Sure, you're like I'm on a fire pit yeah. breathing in poisonous yeah. air that'll do yeah. it now i have to fly away in this machine <laughs> yeah. that's a good one yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna hope this doesn't turn into a, a disaster movie and this thing start Correct. erupting as we're going around Correct. Yeah. um so what's your biggest irrational fear then obviously not volcanoes or do you erupting. have one? Oh, i i actually do have one and i'm embarrassed by it um because i love to swim and i love to swim in the ocean um, and I love all things ocean, but I am so afraid of sharks. Okay. I am, you know, I um, I was 13 when Jaws came out. Sure. So you got to figure this out that there was this impression. It's in the DNA now. It's in the DNA. Um, but, but sharks scare me and uh, fire scares me. I was in a fire uh, um, as a young person and um, fire still scares me. Fire is Probably the scariest of all. I mean, I read once that you are more likely to be hit by falling airplane parts than you are to be attacked by a shark. Really? Yeah. Well, that makes me feel so much yeah. more comfortable. Yeah. Except now when you're walking, you're like, wait, are there air parts? <laughs> like yeah, airplane parts? Your whole life's going to be like, am I about to get Donnie Darko in this movie? I know. Um, okay, do you have anything on your bucket list coming up? Um, I do, actually. Um, my husband and I, um, we have a couple of trips planned. Um, we're taking a cruise um, to Hawaii. That's my retirement nice. present um, to us. And um, then we, in another year, um, we, and this has been on our bucket list, um, we have a trip planned to St. Lucia. Um, we always plan Beautiful. many, 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 many months out because we do payment plans because that's, you know, that's yep. the only way we can do it. We have a lot of things um, in common with that. But that's those are the two things that are you know truly on my bucket list um, right now. But my husband and I have said we're going to sit down. Um, you know, as he can starts to consider retirement, which he doesn't have any time frames, you know, at this point. But we're going to sit down and actually write a list of places that we want to see yeah. um, and to visit. Uh, and, um, you know, I think the other part of my bucket list is I have a, a woman that I met, and it's a long time ago now. It's 30-plus uh, years ago. Um, and uh, we met actually on a cruise in Hawaii, believe it or not. She was traveling by herself. I was with my mother, um, and we've reconnected in Facebook, and I would love to get together with her. That sounds, that's a great yeah. plan. Those are things that don't seem realistic when you're working. They, you know, they don't. For some reason, you know, I, I think work is a, it's a part of life, and but life, you know, gets in the way sometimes of sure. doing some of these things that you would like to do. And, you know, I, I think part of my legacy will be my commitment to the institution. You know, admittedly, um, part of my decision-making process was really wanting to spend time, more time with my family, experiencing, you know, the things that they're able to experience now, like my daughter moving to Europe for work and, yeah. and things like that. You know, when when they were little, I was, 
you know, very career oriented and my husband did just a tremendous job in, in really with the kids because I was at work all the time. And that's, you know, that is something that I wanted to do, we wanted to do for our family. Um, and um, my commitment to this institution you know, I think it's clearly evident. You know, I, I come in at seven fifteen. I leave, God knows when. Um, but it's it's just something that was important to me and important to um, you know my family, and I hope important to the institution as well. So spending time with with my kids, doing the things together that they like to do is important to me. Yeah, yeah. They're they're lucky. Yeah, you seem to be a big part of their life, which is really nice. They they're really great young adults they you they, created good they humans really <laughs> that's great we need more of those so thank you well you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome i think they're i think they're pretty great but you know i'm not biased or anything okay final question okay dun, if dun, dun. you had the opportunity to be immortal would you take it i i that's a really difficult question um if i had a quality of life and I was assured of a quality of life, okay. then I probably would strongly consider it, but yeah. I would not make an immediate commitment to it. Yeah. It's one where you're like, can I have an out in like a thousand years or something if I don't yeah, want to do you this? you know, there's, there's so many things. I mean, I would say I would love to be immortal to do all the things that I want to do. And there's so many of those things that I'm not sure that's ever accomplishable mm -hmm. in, in one lifetime. Um, but, you know, to me, it's all about quality of life. It's, it's not about just living forever. Yeah. You definitely want to have like a Dorian Gray-esque out just in case things aren't really working out. You're like, all right, well, if we I want to pull the plug on this. What's the option on that one? That's true. I guess Dorian Gray, really, Jacob? I, I had to go with some classic literature. It's either <laughs> Dorian Gray or wrestling. This is this is all that I get from I'm him. I'm telling you, man, it's all over the place. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Mary Jean, this was wonderful. Usually as we end a show, we plug the library and tell people to come in. Would you mind plugging us up? I would absolutely. I hope people will come into the libraries. We are open. We certainly still have virtual activities going on, and we can always be be found at www.buffalolib.org. I hope to see all of you at the library. Mary Jean, you will be greatly missed, um, and we really hope that you truly know that. Well, thank you, Michelle and Jacob. I, I'm going to miss the most about the library is the people. Um, but as I said, you know, old librarians never really retire. We simply <laughs> come back as patrons. So I expect to, you know, I expect to be around. We'll see you at Borrower Services. Absolutely. <laughs> you got it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.